let me tell you what, I, I'm excited for today's guest. I've known my guest for quite some time. And when you talk about a, a father of faith, a father of power, a father who has overcome so much in his life and is still moving forward, this is an episode that uh, those of you out there, men, um, both married and divorced and or single, uh, father of one, uh, raising a daughter. I mean, this is going to be impactful and inspiring. I cannot wait for you guys all to dive in and listen to my friend, good friend, Corey. <clears throat> but let me give you some back history about Corey. Uh, he's a top mortgage broker in Arizona. Uh, he's a father of one beautiful daughter that I've known ever since she was super little. Um, he, he's divorced. Um, he's going to tell us, we'll dive deep into that real we'll deep, deep into that. That'll be a lot of fun. He's definitely a man of faith. So Corey, please take five to seven minutes, um, introduce kind of who you are, uh, where you're at um, in life. And then most importantly, what is your why? Oh my goodness. That's loaded. And by the way, thank you for having me on here. Um, as I've gotten to know your podcast, Cameron, I realize what an opportunity this is because boy, you, you put together a quality product. And so, so this is fun, but, but yeah, so, uh, name's Corey Martins. Yeah, I, I do mortgages, but, um, deep down, uh, I was, I was born and raised in Canada, moved to, uh, the U S for, for college. And honestly, I've been really just stumbling through life, trying to figure it out. Uh, so much of my life, I feel like has just been, um, uh, you know, mistake after mistake, learning lesson after learning lesson. And um, I've come to realize, and you know, I, the nice thing is, I think this, the, I tell people all the time, I may be one of the few people, and I know this is kind of not a, a popular opinion, but I love getting old. I love, the, <laughs> I love the wisdom that comes with it. And I love thinking that some of my biggest mistakes are behind me. Mm. Um, I've still got, I, I'm, I know I got a ton in front of me yet, but, um, but, you know, I guess it, depending on the day you ask me the question, you know, who I am and what makes me who I am, my answer would vary. But right now I'm in this mindset that it's my mistakes, you know, my, uh, and then my perseverance is who I really am. Um, and I know that we're, we're going to be talking about some of that stuff as we get going today, but but yeah, otherwise, I'm a small town guy from Canada that um, came to the U.S., tried to find myself my, my way around, and here I am. Dude, you, you're just going to drop some nuggets right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, come on. Stumbling through life, right? Stumbling. Come on. Expand on that for a second. I mean, we're going to get into some but keep us in that space. What do you mean by you just like you just kind of felt like you've kind of just stumbled through life? Help me understand that. You know what? Oh, gosh, that, that's a loaded question itself. Um, because I think so much of my life, um, I if you would have asked me, I would have told you I have direction. I know what the meaning of life is. I know all of these things. <laughs> Yet it wasn't internalized. Mm. It wasn't. Um, you know, I was just barely making it from day to day without really having an understanding of who I was, what my potential was, and having the determination to start to make things happen. Um, I mean, th things would come along and I'd be given lessons, but I wouldn't say, hey, when I'm given this nugget or this lesson, um, what am I going to do to make that, to make myself better, to make my life better, to make my daughter's life better? to make people around me better. Instead of be like, hey, that's a good thing. And I just kind of carry on. And then you stumble again and you stumble again. 
know, now I realize that, you know, those, those things keep coming up, but rather than just stumbling and going over that same hurdle, mm-hmm. it kind of uses a stepping stone to get to the next one. Now you build from that one to the next one. And all of a sudden life just takes a whole different angle. Oh, man, we literally could stop the entire conversation. I know we just started and just reflect on what you said. You had, there was a key phrase you used, internalize it. You didn't internalize kind of that purpose. And I think we all go throughout life, right? As a young age. So let me ask you, I know I'm going to go on a tangent here, but it was, did you, was it a younger age that you just, really didn't have to didn't internalize. I know you grew up in Canada, obviously your, your parents, but is it something that they taught you at a young age that was like, oh, that's cool. But it was never like pushed in. Like it, once you understand, son, you, you'll get it. I mean, was it, was it that, was it a teaching that, that you learned when you were younger that just was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to kind <clears> of <throat> trip over, trip over throughout my life. Yeah. You know, I think it was, um, the humility and, and you know you you already mentioned that i'm divorced in fact uh it, it's something that's, I, it took me a long time to uh to be able to say publicly but i'm twice divorced mm. and there's a lot of humility that comes along with that and i think that you know the the depths of the humility for me to admit to myself that you know what maybe there's things in my life that i'm screwing up i'm not doing as well as i could mm-hmm. that rather than just taking the advice and kind of gleaning the little pieces that you want from it i'm like you know what maybe I should actually try to make the changes that this advice is telling me to make. And um, when you start to find people that you really trust, um, that you know are looking out for your best benefit, that um, also have hit a certain level of success, mm-hmm. and you said, you know, I'm not just going to listen to it, and I'm not just going to take little pieces of it, but I'm going to jump into that. All of and which, by the way, I'm still I'm still working on that because right I, I need to, to to do to trust it even more. But boy, when you start to say I'm going to do it, that you know you put action behind the the advice you've been given. Maybe that's the best way to put it. You put action behind that advice. All of a sudden, things really start to shift. Man, let it, let it sit. Let it sit for a second. Action behind the dev- advice. Look, there are look. Plenty, right? Plenty of books that I've read and studied that give us that information, that that open our minds up and allow us to expand. But it isn't until you actually take the advice that you're getting and put into action that you actually start to see that change, that mind shift change, which a lot of us struggle still to this day, just as guilty as probably everybody else out there that you hear it, you write it, but it, are you are you committing to the action? Are you dating it? Are you not only that, but are you speaking it loudly, right? I've been on this kick and I will continue to be on this kick for the longest time is these big I am statements, right? It's the casting it out. I am this and I am this. So let me ask you this because <clears throat> going through divorce, right? Going through that, you said you've been divorced twice. I didn't know that. I, I knew once, but I didn't know it was what what was the different, I mean, the first one, we'll talk about the first divorce. Like, was it a mutual? Was it just something that happened? I mean, you hear it all the time. Well, I was blindsided. I never knew. Like what led up to that, that first divorce? You know, the, the first divorce, it, it, it was hard for me to admit this, but honestly, it was probably a marriage that never should have happened. And mm-hmm. I probably knew it from before it ever happened. Yet, 
um, you know, there, there's sometimes there's things that we want that even when we know they're not right for us, we, you know, in my, my experience, anyway, I'll speak for myself, mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, I know better. I, I'm strong enough. I'm powerful enough. I can do this. I can make a change. And, you know, and you hear this a lot in, in uh, struggling relationships that, yeah, you know, things will change. I can make them better. I can be better. And if there's enough red flags at the beginning, they might be there for a reason. I learned the hard way that a lot of that stuff isn't going to change. And, you know, that's with myself and with her. And, um, you know, we hung in there for a long time, but for a long time, it really wasn't the right situation. What, um, when you, when you reflect on that, you talk about, you know, wanting it something to happen that probably shouldn't have happened. I think a lot of us get caught up business ventures, right? Wanting, Oh, I can, uh, if I just did this, if I just had this right. Or, or buying, buying a home or, you know, finding that partner to, to grow old with, right. With, you know, spouse or significant other, you said, a, you said a, something very, very monumental, right? It, I can, if I could get them to change, if I could get them to change this, or if I get them to change that, then we'd be happy. You know, you can't change anybody. You, you, Corey, I can't change it. I can't change anybody but myself. And I, and that is very monumental. So help me understand, stay on that point. When you, what were you trying to change? Was it just communication? Was it time together? What was that change that you kept, you referred to as if I could get them to change, then I know we'd be on that right path. You know, there's a lot of things that she and I just didn't see eye to eye on. I thought she, I thought she needed to be a different person, Mm. right? She is, you know, I knew who I wanted to be married to and it wasn't her. She knew who she wanted to be married to and it wasn't me yet. You know, it's almost like when we got married, I think we both thought that, okay, I'll turn them into that person I wanted. Um, But uh, you you said something there. I'm going to kind of jump, you know, jump forward here a little bit. Sure. Because you, you talk about that, you know, we, we got to be introspective. We, we, it's the change in ourselves that has to happen. And um, towards the end of my second marriage, which for the longest time, I really did think was going to be this amazing, incredible marriage. And for inside of me, it was for the longest time. But when we were getting towards the end, <clears throat> I remember uh, trying to go to uh, marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time that I really attempted to get her to go with me, she didn't. I'd, I'd already set up the appointment and everything. I was trying to make it as easy as possible. And it, in large part, it was probably dumb luck because I thought, well, she's not going, so I went. Mm-hmm. So I went, to, I went to marriage counseling by myself. <laughs> and I wasn't, yeah, in life, Cameron, sometimes I just stumble upon doing the right thing without really knowing how I got there. And I remember I went to that meeting with a therapist and, um, you know, the, the therapist is okay. Well, you know, I thought this is going to be a couple. I'm like, yeah, so did I, he's like, well, what are you, what are you looking to get out of it? I says, do you know what? And, and this, this was a huge moment for me in my life. I said, um, since I'm just here by myself, teach me what I need to do to be a better husband. Ooh. And he says, well, you know, what's going on in the marriage? I'm like, you know, let's not even talk about her because she's not here. She, you know, what can I do to be a better husband? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, it didn't save the marriage, but boy, it saved me in so many ways. <clears throat> oh, 
repeat that please because i i want people to really listen to that last part that you just said so i want you to repeat that for me that last part that you just said so so yeah when i went in there when i finally said hey do you know what i want to fix me what's broken here i need to be fixed um it, again it didn't save the marriage but it did save me <laughs> guys the, if if you let that marinate for a bit it may not save your current you know people that you're around but by golly it's going to save you and you are worth saving and i uh, oftentimes especially men especially men that are going through this divorce or this change, right? This, it literally is a life altering event. When you're going through that, the first thing you have to recognize is I'm worth saving. Men or women, doesn't matter. Oh. You, you, I am worth saving. And, you, and that process to build yourself, to understand I'm worth saving, that's generational change. And I love that. I love that you said that. Oh, wow. Man, that was freaking awesome. How you, many, Cameron, you touched another topic there that is bigger than either, either of us could ever hope to cover, but understanding our self-worth and our potential. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we every anyone listening to this, anyone you know, worth saving. We have all got that worth. Tell me, talk, talk us through, talk us through that emotional that emotional tri tri trials and tribulation that you were that you went through. I mean, obviously going through not just the actual part of divorce, but <clears throat> what was that emotional turmoil that you actually, and I can't, obviously we don't have the other, your, your two former spouses on here. So mm -hmm. we're just going to stick on you. Like take us through the emotions, the highs and the lows. And then at what point did you say enough is enough? We have got to, we've got to move on or I have to move on. <laughs> Boy, there's there's a lot in there. So if I if I miss that second, I really want to touch on that second part of. Sure. Um, oh, don't you worry. I, I'll make I sure we cover that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come back to that because I, I want to get that first part first, and I want to do a little bit of a contrast because my two my two divorces, uh, the way I handled it was so drastically different. Mm -hmm. You know, the first one, and, and I think this is probably the experience most people have, is you you know you you're in the moment. We always think we're strong. We think we're doing okay. Uh, but we're not. I mean, we don't realize how much we might, may have been beat down. And I'm not talking, you know, abuse or anything like that. But if you're in a broken relationship, it's taking a toll on you. It's, it's crushing your esteem. It's crushing your spirit. It's crushing you. Um, when you're daily exposed to an unhealthy ex relationship like that, I don't care who's at fault. It's going to wear on you. <clears throat> um, even if we, you know, I didn't see it. Um, I remember the day that I finally, it, the reality of, of my first divorce hit was when I, uh, I, was, I went out for a walk. I had my phone with me and I decided to call my parents and say, you know, I need to let them know that, that we're getting divorced. Mm -hmm. I placed that call and it just, the reality hit in and I just fell apart. I mean, and I was, it was a dark place. Anyway, <clears throat> we kind of, you know, kind of, made it through the uh, the sludge of the divorce. And while that was going on, I ended up uh, moving back up north for uh, for a few months and um, 
uh, moved in with my, my parents that kind of have a, a basement suite. And I moved in there for a little bit. And honestly, I did nothing. I couldn't get out of bed. And, you know, it's just this terrible place to be. It's a dark, dark place. Um, you know, over time, I came out of it and, and I really started to thrive. But I want to contrast that with that second one. And honestly, I'm glad we touched on this because that's one where I, before we went through the divorce, I had just gone through some, some uh, therapy on what I need to do to fix myself. And I didn't realize it going in, but I could see the difference going through it, that each time I talked to him, he just reassured me that I'm normal, that, you know, things are okay. Mm -hmm. You know, keep moving forward. Um, and, you know, I think I only did four or five sessions. And he says, Corey, I don't think there's anything else you need here. But before my divorce, I was in such a strong mental place. I, I felt mentally and emotionally healthy. Mm -hmm. Still in a broken relationship, but mm -hmm. I had my strength back. And so when I went through that divorce, it was still bad. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, you can look at it from the outside and say, oh, all these things were bad. But on the inside, I didn't have that darkness. And boy, what a difference that makes. That, that dark place you speak of, right? How, how, how did you not let it cripple you? Uh, well, <clears throat> the first divorce, because <clears throat> there's a big difference in the contrast. How did that, how was that dark place? How did that cripple you? And, and what was that like in that mind of that space of being dark because look I've, I've been divorced right i was divorced and I'm, I'm now remarried and there's probably there's millions of people are going through that divorce so what was that how did you get out of that darkness from the first one what what did you do to get out and say because you said you you down to your parents that sweet you were there for it took time to come out but how did you get out of the first one and then i will ask you a follow-up question on the second divorce yeah, do you know what the first one didn't have uh any point where I could say, here's where it happened, right? Mm -hmm. It was a slow process, but some of the things that really contributed is um, an awesome uh, social network, right? Uh, both my family, incredibly supportive. You know, no one ever said a bad thing about me. They were just there to love and support me unconditionally. Um, friends, I had, you know, a few really tight friends, the exact same thing. So, you know, you know, that was the foundation I think I needed, but, you know, I went through and, and sometimes, you know, a few of them would kind of kick my butt and say, Corey, you got to get out of bed. You got to do something. Um, <clears throat> eventually, you know, I, I, you know, you could feel yourself slowly, you know, it's a slow process, slowly shifting mm -hmm. out of it. Um, you know, I left my, after, I, I don't know how long it was, it might feel, it feels like it was a couple months that I was at my parents, but I moved uh, to Montana. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, uh, trying to, to uh, build a home and I was living in an RV. But uh, that turned out to be a great thing because I'm in Montana. I'm in an RV that you don't want to spend too much time in because it's really small after a while. <laughs> and so I started hiking every day. And can I tell you, I think the exercise, the fresh air, the vitamin D coming down from that sun, um, that really started to help my mental health, I think. It just started to put things into another layer and you know you know then you know went and got a job that now i've got responsibility things i need to be doing so i can't sleep in you know and you just slowly start to stack these things and you find yourself coming out the other end so it was, it was a long process but um you know one step at a time one foot in front of the other you make it oh Corey, Corey, my man you are 
you are unpacking layers and layers right now, which I'm telling you right now, you probably have a thousand people saying, yes, thank you. The nature getting out and walking, breathing. There is something about that. There is something it's documented. It's scientifically proven that if you get out in nature and be just within the space, not turn into a hippie by all means, or, you know, you know, people that become, don't want you to, uh, oh, I forget the word that I was looking for, but anyways, um, a hermit, right? Yeah, but right. get out, get out, get out, put down, slow life down and say, go back to what we, what we can do and just breathe fresh air and breathe and see the trees. There's something about listening to the wind through the trees that you're walking mm -hmm. alone that helps reset that brain and reset that, that mindset. Gosh, dang it, man. That is so freaking good. I'm on the second level and I just want to jump out of my window and start running. I say this all the time on my podcast and people are like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm telling you what Corey is telling you. He brought you into that darkness. We've all been there at one point or another in our life. And Corey said, this is what I did to get out. It took time. It took patience, but I was able to do one foot in front of the other and say to myself, I will not lose anymore. I cannot lose. It's time to start winning. Freak, Corey. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, and, and do you want, know, there's so, some of those things are so simple, right? But they're so hard at that moment when you're laying on that couch and, you know, you're about to watch the 15th episode of whatever show you're watching, <laughs> you don't want to get up. You just have to. You know, you got to, sometimes you got to dig deep, but you get out and just walk around for a half hour, walk back in, and it's going to start to make a difference. Ah, oh, Messi, did you did you journal journal at all during during these these moments? Did you <clears throat> did you journal your 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 thoughts into from your thought to pen to paper? You want know, no, I regret that I didn't. Um, I, I've, I'm on and off throughout my life at journaling at those times. Um, I didn't feel like journaling. I, I didn't feel like doing much at all and, and journaling suffered for it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm with you. Like I look, reflect back and go, gosh, I wish I would have journaled. And some of my journals I did, but then I lost them and I'm like, crap. But a layer I will just plug in is though, guys, when you're listening to this, you're like, okay, I'm going to try it, journal. Because Corey will, I know Corey will say the same thing I did. If I would have journaled, then I could have got back when I was filling the back in that space of darkness and read through, this is how I got out of it. Uh, okay, I know, I know that I was able to get out of it before. I definitely can be able to get out of it now. Man, that's freaking good. So the difference between the first and the second divorce, obviously dark space, and now you're in a space of almost bliss, right? You were in the space of, of self-confidence. How did that help you through? And when, more and more importantly, when did you know it was time to, to, to just let this, this second marriage go? Oh, I tell you what, um, I, I'm going to start there because I, I meant to answer that one of, of when. And do you know what, Cameron? I didn't know when. And I struggled with that because here, here's what I really struggled with. Um, there, there were some, some big issues that had to be dealt with in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And you get to the point of saying, okay, do I turn a blind eye and forgive? Because I believe in forgiveness. I believe in second chances. I believe in persevering. You know, there's something better. Keep going. Keep trying. It will change, right? Mm -hmm. Versus now I'm enabling this behavior. Oh, 
Oh, you, you're opening a Pandora box there, buddy. You know, I'm going to ask you, well, I'm going to cut in. I have to cut in. Tell me, tell us the difference of persevering and forgiving and then enabling. Please tell us, how did you separate those two? You know what? Um, I, I didn't properly separate it until a couple years after my divorce. I struggled with that question. And honestly, I think I held some resentment because I couldn't find that the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, was, it was a struggle because, you know, in my divorce, I, find, I felt like I just, you know, I, I was in a strong place and I felt like I didn't know what else I could do. And I felt like I took a leap, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I think this is what I have to do, but I didn't know if that was the right thing. I just didn't hope it was right. Um, it was a couple years later, I, I was actually uh, in, at church it, with a church group and there's a bunch of uh, gentlemen there speaking and talking about how we should hold our wives up and hold them on pedestals and, you know, look at the greatness and, you know, we need to listen to them and all of this. And honestly, I was having a hard time with that. Mm. Um, and uh, it's not usually like me because, you know, but I spoke up and I says, do you know what? I'm coming from a different place here. And I don't get that because I don't feel like that was my, my situation. I, I couldn't listen to her. And, um, I had a moment, I had been, you know, uh, uh, you know, being, being very religious, very, uh, you know, a man of faith. Mm -hmm. I had prayed a lot about it. I, I know that doesn't appeal to everyone, but whether you meditate or whether you, um, you, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, internalize it somehow, you know, for me, it was prayer. And I had prayed about that so much trying to figure out where is the difference between um, forgiving and second chances and enabling and I had this moment of clarity, so powerful, that let me know that, that I had, that it was right what I did, that it was time for me to leave, mm. that I did the right thing by leaving. You know, a part of me wishes I would have had that a lot sooner mm -hmm. <clears throat> to say, hey, you know what, yes, this is right. But I've come to realize that, you know what, there's, uh, you know, if you believe in a higher power, turn to that higher power, turn to God, that higher power. Uh, if you believe in, you know, uh, meditating and, and listening to, uh, to whatever, you know, your body's trying to tell you, your spirit's trying to tell you, do that. But there's, there's a fine line and there is a, it's this thing and you've got to listen to that and it'll tell you now is the time, but it's got to be quiet. Your mind has to be open and you've got to be, you've got to be receptive to it. Mm, mm, mm. Dang, I don't drink, but if I did, I'd hold up a glass. <laughs> my gosh, that was so freaking good. Man, that was so good. Guys, I hope right now, those of you that are listening or watching on uh, YouTube or, I mean, some of the streaming services now, I want you to go back and rewind the last four minutes. You will watch Corey's facial expressions. You'll watch him as he gets in and starts to peel back. You can see the somberness, but you can see... Even though he's at a place of, of, of good right now, he's in a, in, a, in a safe space. He's got boundaries. He's been able to set up, hey, this is, you need to respect my boundaries. Going back into that, you, you can tell he instantly changed. I, I'm the same way. When I go back and start talking about that, I instantly change because you're still fighting. We're still fighting, right? That, that forgiveness, right? And enabling. And it's that, you, it's, it's such a hard, hard 
process the pill and move away and, and you slowly over time get it so guys understand like go back and watch it you can still see but you can see now he's in a way better space mentally and emotionally because he's put in that time energy and effort i need to ask this question because hey cameron i'm going to interrupt you before you do go ahead go ahead i, I need yeah. to correct myself on something i said there and, and i caught it when you said it because you know i was talking about forgiveness and second chances versus um enabling mm -hmm. by the way even when you move on that forgiveness that forgiveness doesn't stay in that one box that forgiveness still moves forward yeah a hundred percent agree on that how do you look you're um been divorced now twice i mean you're not a spring chicken right you're not in your your, your early 20s how do you fight through the stigma of you must have done something because you know typically now depending on where, whatever space that you're in, oftentimes when you say, yeah, I'm divorced, I'm still divorced, instantly it's like, well, what did you do? Or, oh, you must've done something. You, you know, you had this problem, or, oh, you did this, or, you know, you had that. How did you, how did you not listen to all of that negative noise? And, and obviously, I mean, there were probably times where you're like, crap, man, I'm just, I really do suck. <laughs> Let's just flat out say, I suck. How did you push past all of that negativity and just say, no, no, I am where I am right now because I own the choices that I made? You, you know, I, I've referred to myself as the common denominator, denominator, right? Because yeah, mm -hmm. two failed marriages, one common denominator, and that's me. Um, but do you know what? I think that's where the power lies, right? Is saying, hey, do you know what? Um, if I constantly just always said, hey, do you know what? <clears throat> marriage one failed because she did this, 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 and this. And marriage two failed because she did this, 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 and this. Um, I would have marriage three, four, five, and six. Um, <clears throat> but I remember uh, actually sitting down with, uh, with my best friend and saying, hey, I, you know what? I, I'm a common denominator. What am I doing wrong here? Um, not to say that everything's on me, right? Mm -hmm. But again, I can't fix her. What do I need to do to fix me? And I feel like a theme's coming out here, Cameron. <laughs> but um, but you know, it's it's great with life when um again I, I love getting old because you start to see things differently. Mm -hmm. I for a large a large part of it, I stopped caring what other people thought. I I decided I know what I'm worth and I'm not going to care. And can I tell you how much power is in that vulnerability of I, I, like not caring, like, oh, I don't care about you. Right. You know, I'm worth so much that whatever you think of me isn't going to bounce here. <clears throat> right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I want to give you a quick example here. Okay. Cause even in my, um, so uh, just to put a little context around too. Uh, I, I, I've learned that when you're a single dad that's come out of a divorce <clears throat> and if you say, Hey, yeah, no, I'm a full-time single dad. Um, everyone's like, Oh yeah. So what weekend do you get your kid? It's like, no, no, I'm the full-time single dad. My, my daughter goes to her mom's um, every other weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but it made it really hard to have a career. Again, I do mortgages. I was uh, kind of starting off at the time. And when you're starting off, you're desperate for business. And, you know, so you're meeting in evenings and weekends. I had a, a four-year-old daughter at home. I can't just drop and go. Mm -mm. And I was really struggling. But can I tell you what happens with vulnerability? is I, someone actually on, uh, someone gave me this advice of Corey, you are a single dad that has a hard time with evenings. Own it. That's mm -hmm. who you are. Stop pretending you're not. 
And I remember the first time I, I was on the call with a client and clients like, Hey, could you meet at a, you know, we got these busy schedules. Could you meet at seven tonight or whatever time it was? I was like, here, let me tell you my situation. I says, you know, I'm a full-time single dad. I'm trying to figure this out right now. Um, it's really hard for me to do. Maybe we could, you know, I started to go down this path and they said, Oh, really? I was like, yeah, they're like, would you like to meet at McDonald's? And they could, I'll bring my grandkids along. They can play in the play place and we'll, uh, we can meet there. And all of a sudden, things started to change. And I can't tell, there is greatness in this world. People are good. When I started to just be honest, vulnerable, and own up to who I am, this is who I am. Every single person said, hey, let's do this. Let's meet at the park. Let's meet at this flash pad. <clears throat> let's, like you, the places I've met people, you'd be unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And like grandparents would say, well, do I, I've been wanting to get with my grandkids. I'll bring them over and they can go play. <clears throat> and it was abs it was an awesome experience. Oh, Corey, that's so <laughs> I almost cussed, but I didn't. <laughs> you almost made me cuss. That is so life-changing. The principles that you just taught in that space about compounded on all that we have learned. The minute you declare, this is who I am. Right. The minute you cast that out into the universe, you pray about it and say, this is who I am. The minute you own the space and decisions, what happens is it bounces back and it comes back and people are like, oh, okay, well, let's just do this. Or, no, I can't because I already have this. Or no, I can't because this is, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm a single dad trying to figure this out. Or no, I, I can't because that time I've set aside for family or I've set aside for myself and I do not deviate. People are willing to change once they understand, oh, yeah. You, yeah, you actually are a human. So let's work through this. Let's meet at times where it, it, you know, it's, we could find that commonality in that common time. But man, guys, put your, you, you stake it in the ground and say, this is who I am. I, I, I'm not changing because I'm in the space of my zone of genius, right? The big leap, uh, Gay Hendricks talks about this all the time. Two points that he always talks about getting in that zone of genius and that upper limiting. Once you recognize your upper limit, which your upper limit was, I'm a single dad. How are people going to perceive me? And you said, forget it. I'm a single dad trying to figure this out. People were like, all right, well, let's work around with each other's schedule. Let's find that common link. And then let's work together. And not only did they do it, but they enjoyed doing it. They wanted to do it. And had I stuck in my other zone, I would have just said, no, here's where I'm available. And you know, I they would have got frustrated and found someone else to help them. Oh. It, it was, it's amazing what happens when you're just, when you're allowed to, you let that vulnerability out. Oh, and I'm going to speak from this, from a, the a guy's perspective, right? Cause us guys, we put up this massive wall, this big bravado, like, no, 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 I'm good. Everything's good. Oh, the house. Yeah. The, the, the house is on fire. It's just a little fire. I can put it out. Like they, we put up this, this front, right? And you're right. The older you get, the older I've become, the more I'm like, no, I mean, I suck at this and I suck at that and I'm terrible <laughs> at this. But on the other side, I'm like, but I'm really good at all of these other places. It's taking a long time for me to accept. Um, accept I'll tell you right now, I had a, I had a, I had a guy on, his name is uh, Craig Smith, become a really good friend of mine, greatest day mindset. He asked me, what was the one thing I struggled with? And I said, I don't accept compliments very well at all. Really. I, I, 
I revert and push back because I don't want to accept it. I, I struggle with that. I don't feel worthy enough to receive that. I don't feel worthy enough or, or I don't feel like, you know, I feel like a fraud when somebody gives me that. And then he just looked at me and goes, you know what? Knock it off. Accept it because you are worth that. And since then, I'm like, you're right. You're right. And what you just said, <laughs> powerful.